630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. And now you've got Kajula looking for the activating nurse. He's got him to win it. Nurse shoots and scores! Riley takes the step, settles into the pocket. He's got some time. Now he's going deep, looking down the sidelines. Oh, what a catch! And that's going to be a touchdown all the way to the end zone for Darrell Walker. An absolute bomb. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6:30, Chad. An Inside Sports special report, City in Crisis, Edmonton's team's in trouble. Mercer on the steal, shoots and scores, game over. 4-1 Bruins. Where do you think we are at the end of this 10-game stretch, 0-10? The dry sidle is the worst overpay in the Oilers' history, worse than Horikov. Raleigh takes the snap, looks to the right side, blows, it's intercepted, touchdown Riders. But he hasn't had the opportunity to complete those passes uh, when he's getting hammered the way he is. Just the play calling. I uh, no disrespect to Jason Moss. I like the guy, but I think he's thinking he handle both both positions in this case. With only 80 games left in the season, the Oilers have yet to earn a point. As for the Eskimos, even their smallest fans are in dismay. <laughs> That's two-week-old Jessica Bailey. She hasn't seen the Eskimos score a touchdown in her entire life. Her father, Jason, can only hope. All I want is for my daughter to see a touchdown before she's one month old. The mood at Commonwealth Stadium Saturday will be one of tension and possibly confusion. I'm still not totally sure what a red black is. Like, is it some kind of animal or something? Eskimos fans are desperate. How desperate? Very desperate. Maybe it's time we bring Steven Giles back. Meanwhile, the Oilers are led by Connor McDavid. There is no truth to the rumor that he'll have to change his name to Austin Matthews to get people in Toronto to notice him. McDavid breaks free and scores! The Oilers have three goals this season. McDavid has three points. That's really good. But where will the rest of the offense come from? Anybody know what Nail Yakupov is up to? I still have his jersey. How bad is it? Even Edmonton sports broadcasting legend Brian Hall needs help figuring it out. Well, Oilers lose. You see, Jim Matheson says they got to start getting some victories fast. Yeah, that's exactly right, Matty, yes. Edmonton fans can only watch, wait, and worry. Fingernails will be chewed. Blogs will be written. Remote controls will be thrown. It's a city in crisis. In crisis. Do you need help navigating the Edmonton crisis? Inside Sports is here for you. Text 630-630 or call now. 780-496-0063. So what are some important things to do in a crisis? Well, first of all, are your loved ones safe? That's the first thing you want to do is check on your loved ones. Second of all, do you have rations? Do you have rations put away for the crisis? Here's something. Has anybody rationed any wins? Anybody saved any of those wins from when the Eskimos went 14-1-1 that one season? What about a couple of those years the Oilers won 50 games? Did anybody save those wins? Can we open them now and apply them to help avert the crisis? couple key things to keep in mind. Tomorrow, it truly is 
crisis Saturday in the city of Edmonton. Two teams will play. Both your teams, both on this very station. Both are desperate. Both are desperate for something good to happen. Both are desperate to put your minds and hearts at ease. 9.30 in the morning for the face-off show. 11 o'clock for the drop of the puck. It'll be the Oilers taking on the Rangers. At 2.30, into the countdown to kickoff with David Morley. Over at Commonwealth Stadium, the Edmonton Eskimos will take on the Ottawa Red Blacks. And for all I know, it could be a type of animal. There's like 50,000 species of spiders. Red Black is probably one of them. You know the story. The Oilers have three goals in two games. They have been outclassed in both their games. Are they going to go 0-82? Well, it's still possible. Will Connor McDavid figure in on 100% of the Oilers' goals this season? Well, it's still possible. Crisis number one, oil country. Crisis number two, the Eskimo Empire. The last time they scored a touchdown was when they played Ottawa. The bad news is it's not a home-and-home series. They played Ottawa three weeks ago. They've gone 140 minutes without a touchdown. It's a crisis. It's crisis Saturday tomorrow. If both teams lose again, I really fear for all your mental well-beings. I'm here to talk to you. I'm here to try to calm you. But I can't convince you that it's not a crisis. Because it sure looks like crisis Saturday. For more, I'm sitting. Hey, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Hope your weekend's off to a great start. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630. Chad, CFL game tonight. Final minute of the first quarter. It's 10-10 between Hamilton and Toronto. There are no games in the NHL tonight. No games. Oh, and not to concern you or anything, not to make you feel like it's even more of a crisis, your quarterback, Mike Riley, didn't practice today. That's right. He didn't practice today. But there's, there's, there's nothing to worry about, right? Right? Yeah, and that and protecting our other players. So if you have the flu, you, you don't want to be giving it to anybody else. So doctors and you know thought it was best that he stay home, and you know which is good. He needs rest anyways. Um, but he'll be ready to he'll be ready to play. Um, he's always locked in mentally, physically. As long as he can walk, I know he'll give us everything he's got. Um, you know, and it was good for Kevin to go through a walkthrough and, and command it, and he looked sharp. So that that tells you something about Kevin being a pro, having not done this for 16 weeks and be able to step in there and throw the ball well and walk through and command it the way we need it commanded so uh you know one way or the other we're going to look to get the job done with whoever's playing quarterback so mike riley under the weather should be okay to play tomorrow should be okay to play tomorrow maybe pass for a couple of touchdowns maybe run for one or two eskimos get back on the board right and everybody's going to feel a little better Let's hope so. We have a lot to get to tonight. You will hear from Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. You will hear from Dave Campbell, the producer of this show, 
and our Eskimos analyst. There was other Eskimo news today. Elmondo Sewell has signed a contract extension. We will go to New York and talk to Dave Maloney, former NHLer, now a color analyst with the New York Rangers. Uh, New York not off to a good start to their season either, though they did get a win last night. And of course, I will talk to you. And when we get back, Rob is up first on the open line. Inside Sports on 630 Chad. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right, Sheridan and the Eskimos taking on Ottawa tomorrow. McDavid and the Oilers will take on the New York Rangers. We'll preview both games as we move along tonight. Thank you very much for tuning in. We did have Rob on the open line. We lost him during the break. I imagine uh, his neighbor on the party line needed the phone, so he had to hang up and let his neighbor place a call, probably ordering pizza. That's okay. Rob, you're welcome to call back 780-496-0063. Actually, anybody is uh, welcome to call tonight. Though if your name is Rob, you get bumped up in uh, in the order. We'll take your call. We'll, Rob's get on first tonight. That's a new rule just for tonight on Inside Sports. Kellen, you are going to be thrilled at the first text I'm going to read tonight. Okay. Absolutely thrilled. You can text 630-630, of course. This is a listener who promised, he promised you and I something. Now, Kel, I don't know if you remember what that was. He promised an update on something. Do you remember this? Kellen just took a phone call. I had this in the back of my mind and was starting to think maybe we wouldn't get one. Do you, do you remember what we were promised by a listener named Alex a few weeks ago? Uh, no. Has to do with Eric Carlson's beard. Oh, okay, yeah, yes, that's right. Yes, Alex has sent us his first Carlson beard update. Ooh. Looks like he's keeping it hipster at the moment, only a week in, plenty of time to change. That is from Alex. Absolutely. Who wondered if he was going to go full burns with the beard. Alex, you are a lovely human being. I look forward to the next Carlson beard update. Probably, well, what are we looking at? Second week of November. I think he said he was going to do monthly updates. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. James says, Reed, you can't win the Stanley Cup in October or November, but you can miss the playoffs in those months. Not time to panic, but a W soon would be nice. Mike B says, Reed, that was the most epic introduction of inside sports ever. True Edmontonians will have patience. Others, well, they can go three hours south and enjoy the teams in that series. And rant. P.S. I predict both teams winning tomorrow. 5-2 Oilers and 30-24 for the Eskimos. Excellent work, Mike B. 780-496-0063. Chris is on the line. Hello, Chris. Hello, Reed. I loved the first part of your show. I thought that was great. Thank you. Uh, what I got to say is, uh, with the Eskimos, I love them. I've watched them since I was a kid and everything else. And one big problem I have is with this empire thing. When did we get so arrogant in Edmonton? We used to be such a class act, you know, kind of slow and cool. And, you know, this whole attitude of we're going to go out and stomp things. I mean, empires are known to fall. Well, that's true. That's exactly what they've done. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. I, it's a marketing slogan. I, don't, I don't, Personally, I don't pay too much attention to stuff like that, Chris. I mean, you know my feelings on the Superdogs and halftime entertainment in general. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I guess when you go out and, and use a, a, 
a term like that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, what are the Leafs using this year? Leafs is it Leafs forever or Leafs? Leafs well, always. I mean, but, but you know, that's always, the Eskies were so classy. You know, they always seem to be such a class act, kind of cool. And when you go out to do battle, you don't come yelling and screaming at people. You kind of sit back, see what they got, then you beat them. All right. And that's you know. Have you told the team your thoughts on the slogan? Pardon me? Have you told the team itself your thoughts on the slogan? Uh, yes, I did. I actually phoned okay. them uh, a few months ago. Good. I'm glad, I'm glad you did that. Yeah, because I phoned Ashley, the marketing person. I said, this is archaic. I said that it's arrogant, and it's not confidence. It's cocky, and there's a difference. All right. No, well, thanks. good for you for letting the team know. I think it's important customers do that. Chris, thanks for calling. Okay, have a good night. All right, 780-496-0063. Uh, I'm going to read a text here from JT quickly. He goes, everyone needs to calm down. It's two games. The Oilers aren't a cup team and have an average roster. 20 games in is when we could start worrying. Uh, as for the Eskimos, the league sucks, the weather sucks, and the Eskimos suck. Much better to watch the NFL. That is from JT. Showing off his grade five vocabulary. Oh, it sucks. Oh, it sucks. Oh, I bet you that sucks. Oh, like what I like. What you like is stupid. Michael on the line. Hello, Michael. Hey, Reed. How's it going? I'm doing great. Uh, yeah, I like that other caller. I, I like the start of your show. That was pretty cool. It made me laugh. Thank you. But, uh, yeah, anyways, I was listening to uh, Oilers Now today, and uh, there was a guy who called in and, and said that... Uh, he asked Bob, he said, do you think tomorrow's game is a must-win? And I thought, what do you, a must-win? It's the third game of the season. Like, a must-win is like game seven of a best-of-seven series, not the third game of the season for the Oilers. So do you think it's a must-win? Uh, no. Actually, I don't. And when, would I, you, when would you be at that point if there's still a zero in the win column? Uh... I don't know. Maybe, maybe the fourth game of the season. It would be nice if they would not not stretch a losing streak past four games. But if, even at four games, it's still not a must win for them. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I mean, I, I hesitate to use the word "must win" in October, but as we've seen in the NHL, you can't get too far behind the pack or that playoff oh, cut sure. line. You know what, Michael? Keep an eye yeah. on Vegas. They they've started one and four. You know, how, how long is that going to take them to catch up to? The Oilers started 1-4 and four last year. And you can say, well, Vegas is better than Edmonton. Well, a year ago we didn't think that. Who, who knows how good Vegas is actually going to be this year. So I, I yeah. think, it, I, I'm not going to call it a must win. It would sure be nice if they if they got two or three points still out of this road trip. I mean, Winnipeg's going to be incredibly tough on uh, Tuesday. And, and if you look at that Oilers' first 10-game segment, only two of the 10 games are against teams that didn't make the playoffs last year, the Rangers and the Hawks. So this is one tomorrow where you think the Oilers might be a little more favored than they would be in, in other games. Yeah, true enough. And then, who knows, maybe it's a little bit of jet lag, right? Well, they, they got they to, yeah, they got to get, they got to work that out, though. They got to work that but out. I, I thought, I thought Cassie, Cassie's line had a good game. Like, they had some scoring opportunities. Like, I thought, I thought they played good. All right. Thanks, Michael. Appreciate it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three.
Inside Sports at 6.30, Chet. Jeremy from Glendon at McEwen. He said, does my text get bumped up if I change my name to Rob? Also, hope to see some composure for the Eskimos tomorrow. If we lose, let's let the other team beat us for once instead of nailing our own coffin shut. That is Jeremy from Glendon. Well, I think we're, you know, this is going to be a fun show. We're going to bounce back and forth with both teams, whatever people want to talk about. Uh, I, I think here's how I'll sum it up. And I got two Ricks on the line. You're both getting in, but I want to give you time, so I'll bring you in after the news. Um, I mean, for the Eskimos, we've seen some self-inflicted wounds and long droughts on offense. Whether it's, a, I mean, it started by being a quarter, now it's turned into entire games. Uh, so yes, that's the frustration. There is that there are sometimes some avoidable errors that that the Eskimos seem to be making. And then the frustration for the Oilers, especially for me, is some of the things that they they said they'd cleaned up and appeared to have worked on in training camp and through the preseason uh, now still appear to be weaknesses. So, and, and I think some self-inflicted wounds for the Oilers, too, and they've taken some unnecessary penalties along the way, and then they haven't been able to kill them off. Plenty of time for your feedback. Dave Campbell will have more on uh, why Riley missed practice today. Inside Sports on 630 Chad. Rick and Rick up after the break. For breaking news and expert opinion, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 6:30, Chad. Hamilton leading Toronto. Seven minutes left in the second quarter. Friday night football playoff baseball tonight. After the first inning, game one, no score. Dodgers and Brewers. U of A Golden Bears hockey team in Manitoba. First period just ended. The Golden Bears with two power play goals, and they lead that one to zip. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio, 6.30. Chad, 9.30 tomorrow. I'll join you for the face-off show. Oilers Rangers at 11. We'll go until 2.30, then countdown to kickoff for the Eskimos and the Red Blacks game will start at 3. Dave Campbell, Morley Scott, Blake Dermott, Brendan Ulrich, your broadcast crew there. 780-496-0063. Well, uh, one Rick hung up, but we have this Rick still on the line. Hey, Rick. Hey, uh, you did a great show. Here's the deal. I feel so sorry for uh, um, the general manager and the coach here for the Oilers because who would have come up with a schedule like that to begin the year? But, you know, the dynamic is is that the Oilers had such a bad year last year, but it just catapults them into a, a bad beginning. And it, it, forget about the, how good they are, how bad they were. That doesn't really matter. Just that schedule. It wouldn't matter who it is, in fairness to the coach and the, and the general manager and the players. But, I mean, well, who would have come up with a schedule like that to start the year? That's just crazy. Which then starts the beginning. Uh, for any team, it would be a struggle to get going. For any team. Rick, I hate to tell you this, and you're going to get mad at me, but did you see the New Jersey Devils result last night? No. New Jersey 6, Washington nothing. They traveled yeah. to Europe and came back too. Yeah, well, you know, and, and that's fair, excepting, excepting this is that the pressure on the oil, uh, because of last year and that the, they tanked last year, the pressure is to get off to a good start this year. That's what everybody's saying. So uh, here they get dealt those cards. Come on. 
I mean, uh, listen, I'm all for change because you know what? We've had way too many first-rounders, way too many opportunities to have a great team here. Something's not right somewhere. But I'm just saying that I surrender this year. Wow. They just, what, what a terrible, who's dealt those cards to those guys? I mean, they deserve, in my world, they deserved a better shot at the beginning. Yeah, New Jersey, good on them. But, you know, the oil had such a bad year last year. I'm just, I feel sorry for, because it's going to change careers. That's what it's going to do. Right. It, it, it really is. Anyway, I said Rick, enough. Have a great day. Yep. Good stuff, Rick. I always appreciate when you call in. Rick calls in from time to time. He always uh, has a strong opinion, so I like to hear that. Good fella texting in. He says, remember, Reed, the Oilers could take the season from last year and add an okay power play and penalty kill as opposed to horrible, and they will be in the playoff running. Well, good fella, you're you're preaching to the choir there for sure because that's what I thought. Well, so far they've allowed three power play goals against and have one power play goal for. Uh, they've been outscored by six, obviously a couple of empty netters. But, uh, yeah, special teams are going to have to do better, and I would like to see them take fewer penalties for sure. It would have been nice to get a power play on the back of Slash as well, though that's not why they lost the game. Uh, this texture says the Eskimos have not scored a touchdown in almost nine and a half quarters in that same time frame. My cat, James, has never missed the litter box, litter box once. I have two reactions to that. Number one, good for your cat. Number two, I am against giving your animals human names, unless ironically. So there better be a good story behind calling your cat James. <laughs> uh, here's a little tidbit. Elliot Friedman on uh, Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer earlier today. Elliot, of course, a uh, great reporter for Sportsnet. I just know that everybody knows you didn't want another year like last year. And I think it's way too early to draw conclusions uh, two games into a season. But I'm paid to report what I hear. And I just report that it's really tense there. And I think that there's a lot of worry two games in about where things are going. Well, you know what? Here's here's the problem, everybody. For, forget about what we're all talking about and Crisis Saturday and all that stuff. Could you imagine being an Edmonton Oilers employee on the hockey operations side, whether you're a manager, scout, coach, or player? I mean, you fell on your face last season. You, you made changes to the coaching staff in the summer. You trusted a lot of players... To, to bounce back and and you know let, let's that's obviously was Shirelli's decision but let's face it a lot of players were trusting their teammates and themselves to be better and you start 0 and two and you're on the heels of one of the worst decades in the history of professional pro sports are you starting another decade of that are you going to be one of the guys? Uh, so, yeah, it's pretty tense. And it, it look, again, the, the Oilers last year, they, they didn't look like a team that was having a lot of fun. They, they, you know, they looked tense. They looked afraid to make, make a mistake. They were looking to make big plays and, and cheat for offense instead of making the smart, responsible play and, and, and trusting their teammates. And they look that way again. They don't look like a, a free team whipping the puck around, moving it ahead, snapping it, expecting good things to happen, dealing with it if it doesn't. No, they 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 look afraid. Like, is this the loss that's going to cripple our entire season? And 
I, I think that's a tough environment to be in. And, you know, I don't know how you get out of that, guys. If I, if I knew how to get out of that, I'd go be a sports psychologist or a coach or a manager. And I, I refer to this quote often on this show. I interviewed Buck Martinez the year the Blue Jays went on that big run in the second half of the season and made the playoffs for the first time in a long time. And even Buck himself said, what comes first, the winning or the confidence? And he goes, I played in the major leagues, and now I broadcast the major leagues, and I can't tell you for sure. I don't know what's going to get out of it for the Oilers. If they're going to win a game they don't deserve to win, or somehow some players, a group of players, are just going to step up and, and play with some more confidence and play a little looser, and that'll get it rolling. But, yeah, and I mean, the coach and the GM aren't stupid. They know everybody's, to varying degrees, talking about firing one or both of them. Now, they got great jobs, they work in pro sports, they make a lot of money, sure, but they want to be successful. And uh, I have no doubt that there's a, a lot of tension in the dressing room, in the front office, in the coach's office, for sure. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Mike Riley, under the weather, did not practice today. Hopeful that he will be able to play tomorrow against Ottawa. Dave Campbell will have more uh, right away. He is standing by, but quickly, Brian called in before the break. Brian, I got Dave sitting right here, but I'll give you 45 seconds. Go ahead. Uh, okay, 45 seconds. I'll make it real quick, and that is, I really think right now, everybody needs to stop hopping off the bandwagon for the Oilers. It's only two games in. You know what? If they're at, if they're below 500 at the 20 game mark, then I think okay, now we can start panicking. I think there's lots lots of gas in their tank, and I think the boys will still come around. All right, thank uh, you, Brian. Always like hearing from you. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We will uh, get back to the text line uh, after we talk to Dave as we get set for Crisis Saturday here on six thirty. Chet, Dave Campbell, producer of this show and our color analyst for our Eskimos broadcasts on 630 Chet. Dave, how's it going? I'm doing very well. Uh, no uh, no flus or illnesses uh, plaguing me. Not you, fortunately. Yeah, that's good. I know it, it hit my son pretty hard this week, though. Uh-oh. Yeah, he's he's doing much better, though. And he's like, what, two? Yeah, two, just turned two and yes, a half. Yes, I know how old your kids are. Yes. Not a totally bad co-worker. <laughs> pretty, pretty bad, though. Reed cares about my life. Well, I can... <laughs> You know, I can kind of remember the year that he was born, so I just keep adding on to that. Hope, hope I get it right. <laughs> well, uh, glad you're healthy. Glad your family's pretty much healthy. Mike Riley, though, uh, is not healthy. How serious is this? Well, um, it all depends on how quick this flu bug gets through his system. Is it a 24-hour thing, 36-hour thing, 48-hour thing? Um, he didn't feel very well overnight uh, last night, and... You know, let the let the team know that uh, I'm not feeling very well. So they quickly consulted with the docs, and uh, the doctor said, "Well, I think it's best he's just stay home," which is a smart thing because it's it's good for Mike uh, just to get some rest. It's good for the rest of the team, so Mike Riley doesn't go in and 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 infect anyone else with this flu. So you know, the game time is at three tomorrow. I mean, he'll be at the facility probably a few hours before that. If he's good to go, he's good to go. But, uh, you know, I think the anticipation is he will play. If he doesn't play, then Kevin Glenn, who ran the walkthrough practice today and, uh, all, so is Glenn the actual, sorry to jump in there, Yeah. so we're pretty optimistic about Riley playing. Yes. So is Glenn the backup? Because didn't uh, O'Brien go in in garbage time? Yeah, or he was did. that just to let him play? That's just to let him play. It, okay. You know, what's, what's so Kevin Glenn? He needed a quarterback in a crucial 
time of the game or to start a game, right. it would be Glenn. It's Kevin okay. Glenn. It's just, you know, minute 11 left, we're losing by 27. Does it benefit Kevin Glenn going in okay. with that amount of time, or does it benefit Daniel Bryan more? So I think we know the answer to that. But, uh, yeah, Kevin Glenn, I mean, he ran... He ran the uh, the first team offense really well. I mean, it's a walkthrough, so how much are you really doing? But he knew the plays, called the plays out well, um, got the ball to where it needed to be. He knew exactly where to go with it, uh, knew what plays to to call. It was good. So if he okay. if he's needed, uh, he'll be the he'll be the guy under center tomorrow. But the anticipation is Mike Riley will be ready to play. When will we find out about Riley? We will find out basically of, when the game starts. We'll find out officially uh, when the game sheet gets handed to us around an hour before kickoff. So we'll uh, we'll make uh, we'll watch your Twitter accounts, I guess, okay. uh, because we'll be on the air at two thirty. Uh, the game starts at three. Uh, yeah, well, you'll let me know too, so I can announce it on. Of course, the I hockey will. game. Hey, come on, yeah. who are you talking to here? Anyway, yes, so we'll know an hour before game time. And uh, I'm sure we might even know before that if he's he's out throwing. So. Okay. Well, hopefully he's good to go. Yes. He wants to find the end zone one way or another. We know about the slump. It's about 140 minutes. Yeah. Uh, Brian Desjardins, the statistician, was on the other night. I thought it was just over 140 minutes. It's actually just under. But it's, well, it's, he would it's, tell it's, you the exact. It's nine and a third quarter <laughs> since the Eskimos have a touchdown. Uh, it's bad. Yeah. Uh, the offense gave up the winning points in Regina. Didn't score them. What what's it what's it like you know being around the team being around that offense I mean they can I, I think they can downplay it or deflect it all they want but you you can't convince me they're 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 well aware of it Well I think you know when you look at the perspective of a Mike Riley and the perspective of a Jason Moss who is the offensive coordinator in addition to being the head coach yeah they're not happy with the last ten quarters at all I think what doesn't make them very happy. And there's a lot of ugly numbers in that in that time span of those 10 quarters. You know, 15-point score, none of them touchdowns, uh, 10 sacks allowed, 15 turnovers is probably the area that you would probably look at and go, wow, that's, right. that's a really high number. But I think what, what those two individuals and the rest of the offense are trying to um, also point out as well is we have played a lot of good football um, outside of this stretch, prior to this stretch, you know, the 12 to 14 games this season, the 40 games prior in this system, the two and a half years of success in the system, there has been a lot of success, doesn't just go away just because of, of 10 bad quarters. Uh, the flip side is you don't fix these problems. 10 is going to turn to 11 to 12 to 13 to 14 and on and on and on. So when I look at this team, I look at this team as very discombobulated on offense at times where, you know, you hear that the details aren't getting through to some guys. You hear that guys aren't hitting their markers the way that they should. If you're a receiver, um, you know, blocking wise, it hasn't been as good. Even Mike Riley himself hasn't delivered the ball on time enough. So it's just been someone's just standing up and taking a, you know, wearing the dunce cap here. And, you know, Jason Moss said out of 12, we got 12 guys on offense. So one guy is messing up in a game. That's 12 plays you don't get back, right? And when, you know, the old line, five plays will determine the outcome of a football mm-hmm. game, win or lose. When you got 12 mistakes like that, that's that's a lot of mistakes. So what do they do? Well, they're changing the ratio on their offensive line. They're bringing Tommy Dreheim back, who busted his thumb in, in week one, played three quarters with a broken thumb in Winnipeg, and that that 
longest continuous yep. game because of the lightning delay. Well, he's back at left tackle. Matt O'Donnell moves from left tackle to right guard. So what does that do? That's a lot of change, but Matt O'Donnell's a better guard than a tackle, and Tommy Draheim is a tackle, especially a left okay. tackle. So everyone's back in their kind of in their places where they need to be. And Arjun Colhoun's back. Arjun Colhoun is back, and they okay. expected him to be the starting corner on the wide side of the field, but he's been injured most of the season. Only he's played two games sparingly um, on special teams. You know, he's had growing issues and other issues, and um, so you know they expect him to come in and, and perform well. Now we haven't seen him all season. Haven't seen him start a game since uh, the second preseason game in Winnipeg, but they anticipate that he's going to give them what they think that he'll give. And when he's played, he's been pretty good. Now he's just got to stay healthy. Dave Campbell joining us on Inside Sports, getting ready for the Red Blacks and the Eskimos tomorrow afternoon. Coverage will start at 2.30 here on 6.30. Chad, the schedule for the Eskimos is... Uh, I mean, we, you know, the old cliche, and, and it, it does still apply to them. They control their own destiny because mm-hmm. they play both BC and Winnipeg, who even though they're both behind them in the standings, the Eskimos aren't far behind. Right. So you would, th- I mean, if the Eskimos go 3-0, obviously they're in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They might even be third. If they go 2-1, they should should, should be in. Yeah. And, and BC still plays Calgary twice. Now, the old flip side of that, though, is... How much do those games mean to Calgary? Right. And the, when they play in the last game of the season, is that rest everybody for Calgary? So, uh, you know, I, I, I take the, I, I do, I do agree that the schedule is somewhat favorable for the Eskimos, but because there are some teams in there that might not have much on the line when they play the Lions or the Bombers, that could present a problem. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you look at the games tomorrow. You got the Riders in Winnipeg. So big for both teams. Exactly. The Riders are making five changes to their lineup on a short week. That's, you know, that's tough to do. But see, that's actually, the way I look at it, Dave, the, the, it's better for the Eskimos if the Riders just win that one. I agree. Because the Eskimos aren't catching the Riders. I agree. So you need you need help to try yeah. to get past Winnipeg. Yeah. And you just hope that, you know, the changes won't affect their ability to win a game on a short week. Um, but we'll see what happens. You know, Winnipeg's only making one change potentially. I mean, Weston Dressler's a game-time decision. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, Calgary. What Calgary team do we show shows up uh, tomorrow? Because the Stampeders in October are an interesting case study. Uh, now, they didn't play very well in Montreal, even though they won 12-6. Uh, Bolivar Mitchell threw three interceptions. Um, I don't know who the heck he's going to throw to tomorrow. Well, that's the thing, and that's why, I, I mean, look, it looks, it's prime pickings for Saskatchewan. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. They're, they're, and I, I picked them before the season to win the Grey Cup because I said they were going to get better all year long, and they have. Yeah. And Calgary's attack is not going to be as potent if they no. meet in the West Final because they've lost so many receivers. And they lost Mark and Michelle today. That's He's right. on the six-game another, another guy. Another yeah. guy out. So, and if you look at Saskatchewan, yeah, their quarterback play and their offense isn't clicking at a high level, but the way that their defense and special teams play – I mean, we've seen a Chris Jones defense with similar with similar uh, attributes, right? Um, that team is poised for a run. There's no question about that. Winnipeg's interesting, you know. Winnipeg, that's a big win they they got uh, uh, against Ottawa last week. They've won three yep. straight. They're feeling good. The Lions are they're throwing Lule back in the lineup. When I say throwing literally, I mean. Heck, he's, it's another shoulder injury for him. It's to his non-throwing shoulder, but they're throwing him into the fire, I think, a bit early than expected. Um, so how do they react to that? You know, can he stay healthy? 
Amando Sewell has been extended by the Eskimos through the 2020 season. Big man! <laughs> Was this a little surprising to you, given all the talk about the, the CBA? I mean, the quarterbacks and their agent, well, I guess the agent didn't say too much, but they've no. basically come out and said, we're not going to re-up with anybody until we see where the cap goes. Yeah. Were you surprised to see this today? I kind of double-take when I saw the saw the uh, release come out. I'm like, really? Um, yeah, because, I mean, the school of thought is the bigger name players um, would not sign a deal until there's a new CBA um, figured out, but that doesn't apply to everybody. I think the quarterbacks, obviously, you know, they're, they're the biggest ticket. They want to make the most money as possible. For a guy like Amando Sewell, I guess he's good. You know, he's fine with his current situation, and I'm sure he's making good money for a, a defensive tackle. So would it have changed much for him? And that, that tells you how much he's committed to this city as well. You know, and I know he wants to become a police officer once uh, his career is over. So that probably likely means he's never leaving Edmonton. Right. <laughs> you know, he's probably finishing his career here. Um, so it, it's a bit surprising. You know, Amondo Sewell isn't, you know, in that upper tier with salary. But uh, he's definitely someone that's going to command a lot of dollars. And, uh, you know, good for him. I mean, good for the Eskimos. That's something that, you know, Brock Sunderland, the GM, and, and the organization, they don't have to worry about now. So it's a bit surprising, but... I think Eskimo fans, especially the Eskimos themselves, they'll take it. Dave, thanks for sticking around. Thanks, Reed. That is Dave Campbell. Get him on the radio tomorrow starting at 2.30. All right, we'll check the scoreboard when we get back. Dave Maloney will be on the show, and we'll check our crisis text line on Inside Sports. 6.30 Chad, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.